Hey y'all, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor at Emmanuel in Hookson. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Our goal is to be a blessing to everyone who listens as you continue on your journey of faith. It's also our hope that you'll be encouraged to find a church to belong to so you can plug into that congregation and bless others with the gifts and experiences that God has entrusted you with. If you're being encouraged or challenged by this teaching, would you consider giving us a five-star review? That review and rating moves us up the list so others might find us more easily so they too can benefit from this podcast. Well, I hope this podcast is a blessing to you and encourages you to get out there and be the blessing. God bless. difficult few weeks, and I know that there have been some wondering why I haven't spoken into what's been occurring in our country, and as I watched the news, read posts, read comments, read articles, I realized that I feel poorly equipped to speak into the suffering of our brothers and sisters of color in this nation. But I can speak the Word of God. I can speak what I believe God would have us do as a nation and especially as believers in Jesus. In our church, we have a motto. And that motto is, bless God, bless others, be the blessing. That motto is taken directly from 1 John chapter 4, where Jesus' beloved disciple John says to the church, that we can have boldness in the day of judgment because as He is, so are we in this world. And as He was leading up to that dynamic statement, He said that those who do not love do not know God, for God is love. And as I've observed social media over the last couple of weeks, what I've observed, unfortunately, are believers who have forgotten the call to love. And when we say, bless others, there is no restriction in the word others. It is all people, all people. Jesus was the great example of bridging across a chasm of race when he approached a Samaritan woman as she was drawing water from the well. In Jesus' day, Jews did not speak with Samaritans. Samaritans were not considered on the same level of value as Jewish people. And he crossed that divide and he asked her, if she would give him a drink of water. And her response was shock. How are you speaking to me, a Samaritan? 
you're a Jew. What are you doing? We don't cross these lines. And he said, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for water, for living water that would spring up within you to a river of eternal life. And they had this wonderful conversation. And this woman ended up accepting him as her Messiah and led her entire village to come and see Christ. People of faith, this is our call. As we go through the Beatitudes, we're going to get to a verse that says, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. And what I would challenge you to do is I would challenge you to listen. Listen before you speak. Listen before you embrace conspiracy theories. Take a moment and take your ideology off of its pedestal, set it aside so you can listen with an open heart and with an open mind. Because before we can act and speak well, communication dictates that we listen well. As a matter of fact, the Bible in James said, let us be swift to hear slow to speak, and slow to wrath. So that's my challenge for you concerning everything that's going on in our nation today. Not just the racial divide, not just the, the sad hijacking of peaceful protests, but also with the differences of opinion concerning COVID-19 concerning when churches gather and when they don't. Church, it's time for us to rise up and love others well. And to hope that you'll take this to heart. And I hope that you'll ask the Holy Spirit to search you. To search your heart. And to show you where there may be areas that need addressing, that need changing. We're now on to... Blessed are those that hunger and thirst, that hunger and thirst for righteousness. So if you have your Bibles, would you please turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and seeing the multitudes, Jesus, he went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted 
for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the hunger and thirst of every believer, the hunger and thirst for righteousness, the hunger and thirst to be right with God and to be right with man. The hunger and thirst is a sign of life. Consider this, the dead have no hunger or thirst. But when we came to Jesus for the salvation of our eternal souls, He placed within us a living Spirit, and that Spirit hungers and thirsts for the righteousness of God. That living Spirit within you hungers and thirsts for the things of God. The ill now, those who are ill, have a reduced appetite. So I want you to consider that the hunger and thirst for righteousness, the hunger and thirst for righteousness is good. It's a good thing to get up in the morning and confess your sin to God openly and asking Jesus to come into your shame. Listen, we, we preach this during the Advent season. Expect Jesus in your shame. And the Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. That is to say, He is right to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. This is the beauty of being a believer, that we have this living spirit that, that hungers and thirsts and longs for righteousness. To be right with God, yes, but also to be right with man. So many have missed that mark. Even believers, when we read the words hunger and thirst, we may want to read into them. Listen, uh, let's not get too complicated this morning. Hungering and thirsting is longing for. As a matter of fact, it's a need that we have. We must be sustained. Right? It's not an appetite that can be ignored. Hunger and thirst are necessary items for life. A lot of us, we, we think there are some necessary things for our lives, but when we boil it down to what is really absolutely necessary, hunger and thirst must be filled. And here we see this longing and this need. And the Bible says if you long and you need for righteousness, you will be Filled. It's good for us to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who are hungry for righteousness are healthy. 
Those who rise up in the morning confessing their sin to the Lord Jesus Christ, asking God to forgive them of their sin. Listen, that is a good thing. And those who take it a step further, as I preached a few weeks ago, when you ask the Holy Spirit to search you, to see if there's anything within you that is out of alignment with His way and His will and His nature and character, man, that is hungering and thirsting for righteousness and we should all be active in that search. Hunger and thirsting for righteousness is things that healthy and mature believers experience. Paul speaks this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, the natural man is not inclined toward the things of God. The natural man, the man that does not have a quickened living spirit within him is not inclined toward the things of God. And he goes on and he talks about the carnal man. The carnal man cannot receive the deep things of the Word, cannot receive the meat of the Word, must be fed on milk. So I want to challenge you this morning. Are you natural? Lost without a living spirit? Are you carnal? Where a hunger and a thirst is is diminished in your life? Or are you spiritual? Mature? Ready to look within, to ask the Spirit to reveal to you those things which are lacking. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness is good. It's the hallmark of a healthy Christian. It's the hallmark of a healthy Christian. Now there's a danger here. And the danger is that there are counterfeit, counterfeits, for righteousness. And that is called self-righteousness. Oftentimes we see in our lives and in the lives of Christian circles, self-righteousness. Instead of hungering and thirsting to be with right with God and right with man, to live a life that is aligned with the will, way, and nature and character of God, we seek to prove our own righteousness. Instead of hungering and thirsting for the righteousness of Jesus, we go off course and seek to prove to others just how right we are and sometimes to prove to ourselves how right we are because we think that is what makes us acceptable to God. Well, the Bible teaches us in Ephesians that you are accepted in the Beloved not because of your own righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Christ. And a hunger and thirst of righteousness is not a superficial thing. It's not something to prove you're something. It's not something to prove to yourself or to prove to God or prove to others. A hunger and thirst for righteousness is a desire to be like the one who saved your eternal soul and gave you a living spirit. The thirst for self, whether it's self-righteousness or, listen, self-debauchery, are the same. They're the same. The Bible tells us that our our righteousness is as filthy rags in the eyes of God. The righteousness that we must hunger and thirst for is the righteousness of Christ to become like Him who, who knew no sin and yet stepped in and bore on His body, in His body, our sins. How can we tell the difference between self-righteousness and true righteousness? A self-righteous man or woman is a humble man or woman. 
a self-righteous man or woman is not going to take a holier-than-thou stance with anyone. Now listen, they may convict people by their presence. Right? They may convict people because they are walking as Jesus walked. And wherever Jesus walked, people were, were convicted or they were, they were running in the other direction because they wanted nothing to do with the goodness of God. When we walk in the Spirit and we're filled in the Spirit and we are hungering, thirsting for righteousness and being filled with the righteousness of Christ, listen, there is a difference that people notice but it's not a holier-than-thou condemning difference. That's self-righteousness. When we walk on this earth and we look down on others as if they're beneath us, that we are so much more holy, so much more righteous than others, friends, that is a sin. That is self-righteousness. That is arrogance and pride. Righteousness is humble. Righteousness is being right with God and right with man. Self-righteousness is look at me. Godly righteousness is let me look after you. Let me care for you. Let me love you well. Hungering and, and thirsting for righteousness is indicative of a healthy life of a believer. It leads to treasures in heaven. To hunger and thirst for righteousness leads to treasures in heaven. In Matthew chapter 6 it says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That is laying up treasures in heaven. Seek His righteousness. You will be satisfied when you seek after God. When you hunger and thirst after the presence and person of God, you will be satisfied. You will be filled in a way that nothing else will fill you. Sadly, believers have accepted the counterfeit of sin or self-righteousness. And the sad part about accepting that counterfeit of sin or self-righteousness is that you will never be filled. You will never be satisfied. It's a yawning chasm that is constantly empty. And the paradox of hungering and, and, and thirsting for righteousness is that as you hunger and thirst, you will be satisfied, you will be filled in a way that no other thing on earth can fill you. Turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Ho, everyone that thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy, eat, yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear. In other words, listen up. God says, listen up. Oh, Christian, listen up. Those of you who have not yet received Him. God says, come to me here and your soul shall live. 
And I will make an everlasting covenant, an everlasting agreement with you. The sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know. That's us. That's the rest of the world. Israel are the, are the original people of God. And then he calls out all of the nations of all of the world. All of the nations. Every tribe, kindred, tongue, every color. And the nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Ah, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. My thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Ultimately, Christ is the fulfillment of our hunger and our thirst. Jesus is the fulfillment of our hunger and thirst. It is Jesus who is God with us, within us, who is our righteousness. This is what the Scripture says. It is Him living His life through me as I submit to Him that causes me to live and love well. In Romans chapter 3, perhaps you'll turn there, we see this, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because of His forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where is the boasting then? That is self, self-righteousness causes boasting. It is excluded by what law or works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we, we establish the law. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has, has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, 
and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Listen, our righteousness is found in our relationship with Jesus and the impact that that relationship has upon our way of life. Too many of us don't walk with Jesus day by day. Too many of us experience Christianity on a Sunday morning and we forget about it the rest of the week and the rest of our lives and sometimes the rest of Sunday. We don't get up and we don't invite God into our everyday, ordinary lives. And so we find ourselves floundering. We find ourselves confronted with situations where we become confused, where we might just react instead of respond righteously. Because we have forgotten to take Christ with us in a, in a, in a present way, we go about trying to reestablish our own righteousness. And we come off as prideful and arrogant and holier than thou. Where if we were to walk in the presence of Christ daily, if we were to be aware of the presence of God, of the Holy Spirit daily, it would exclude pride and include a grateful heart. One that is bent toward loving and helping his fellow man. Philippians chapter 2 teaches us this, verse number 5. Let this, you know, the word let means to allow. Allow this mind. Allow this mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross, a shameful, horrific, torturous death. That was the level of obedience that Jesus had. Some of us struggle to get out of bed or to cross the street and help a stranger. Some of us struggle to love our wives well, to love our children well, to love our husbands well, to love our parents well, to love our neighbors well, some of us struggle to obey the very basic commandment of God to love Him first and love others next as you love yourself. Jesus obeyed. He obeyed even to the death. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both the will and to do for His good pleasure. 
do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless. God help us. Children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I, Paul, may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Let the word of God sink deep within and convict you. And allow his mind, his nature, his character to fill you, to fill yours. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst for the righteousness of Christ. Allow him to live his life through you. Walk with Him daily. Experience His presence daily. Make the effort, O believer, to recognize that the presence of Christ, the Holy Spirit is within you, the presence of Christ is with you every single day. And let His mind fill yours. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you've been trying to establish your own righteousness, it won't work. If you've been trying to live in such a way that God finally accepts you, it won't work. The only righteousness that will truly count in the eyes of God is the righteousness of His dear Son, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect, sinless life and went and died on the cross in obedience to the Father and rose from the grave to prove that His sacrifice was enough to wash away the deepest and darkest sin, that all who shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, period. If you've been trying to establish your own righteousness, it won't work. You must receive the righteousness of Christ by calling upon Him to be your Savior. And Christians, take our motto and live it out. Find a way to bless others. Listen well Consider the plight of your fellow man. Put your pride aside. And let the Spirit of Christ guide you as you communicate with others. Heavenly Father, I pray that this message has been a blessing to those who are within hearing. I pray that you would revive within the heart of your church a hunger and thirst for your righteousness. 
a hunger and thirst to be filled with the presence of Jesus who will guide us and direct us in any and all situations. I pray that we would walk aware of the Holy Spirit within us, convicting us, Lord, and challenging us in any and all situations. And that we as Christ would be obedient to your spirit, to your word. That we would be conformed, transformed into the image of Jesus. That we would have our minds constantly renewed as you search them, as you search our hearts and you reveal to us those dark corners that have yet to be impacted. Lord, help us to open up and allow your spirit to shine brightly within our hearts and to cleanse us. Lord, guide us. Help us to walk in newness of life. Help us to walk in love. Help us to walk by blessing others. Lord, I love you. And I thank you, Jesus, for saving my eternal soul. Not because I earned it, but because you did. And I pray that if there's someone here, within the sound of my voice, Lord, someone that's listening online, maybe even across the world, that if they've not trusted Jesus, that today would be the day of the salvation of their eternal soul, that they would look to Jesus and ask Him to be their Savior, to forgive them of their sin, to cleanse them from all unrighteousness, and to make them a child of God. Father, let that happen today. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hey, all thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more, please go to our website, emmanuelhooksit.com, where you'll find helpful links and resources and where you can contact us directly. That web address again is emmanuelhooksit.com. Bless God, get out there, and be the blessing.